Welcome to the House Church Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's message by Pastor Stephen Sexton. If you would like to know more about the House Church, please visit our website at welcometothehouse.com or download the House app. So let's get into this a little bit. You may not know a lot about James, but it talks a little bit about how we talk, how we communicate. Let's read James chapter 3, verse 1. It says, My brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is perfect. He is a perfect man, able to bridle the whole body. Indeed, we put bits into horses' mouth, and they obey us, and we turn and we turn their whole body. Look also at ships. Although they were so large, they are driven by fierce wind. They are turned by a very small rudder whenever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts of great things. See how great a little forest, a forest of a little fire kindles. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and it sets on fire the course of nature as it is set on fire by hell. Is it, this is probably on your refrigerator. This is, the, you know, that, is this what you put in greetings? You know, hey, I was thinking of you, encouragement. You know, I know some of you are like, ooh, it's kind of, ooh. Okay, let's, let's keep going. It says, um, it says, for every, verse 7, every kind of beast and bird or reptile or creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. With it we bless our God, our Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the image of God. Out of the same mouth proceeds blessings and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not be so. So a spring sends forth fresh water and bitter water from the same opening. He's asking a question. Twelve. Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives or grapevines bear figs? Thus, no spring yields both salt water and fresh water. Let's, let's dive into this and I, hopefully I didn't like, you know, annoy you with the 12 verses where you kind of just kind of checked out. But really I want to add the framework of what James is trying to talk about. You know, the key to our success for any reason, that for, the key to our success and the key that we, to live in a successful life and even our downfall in life comes to how we speak. I don't know about you, but I'm sure that if we were to walk around and talk about stories, there are people who have hurt you with their words. And there are people that you have hurt with your words. Come on, is that, is that, come on, now, churches are full of people who feel like their nose is still a little bit longer or their eye, you know, is just a little bit different color or their earlobe is attached differently because of something someone said, come on, in high school. And, there, and to this day, 30 years later, you're like, you introduce yourself, hi, I, I know, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to hit you with my nose. And people are like, what are you talking about? Like, I, I know my nose is really big. Actually, your nose looks like, fine. Like, I don't see what you see, but the reality is we've lost perspective because we still think what a, a dad said over us or a mom in a moment, in just a moment of stress, communicated about us. You're so, why are you so stupid? 
stupid. I guess I am. And so every time we try to achieve something or do something, we have those thoughts that come back to us that try to describe our lack. And here's what I want to say is that for us, it's very, very important that we watch our words because as believers, we're supposed to live different than the world. We're supposed to live different than the world. The boys and I were watching uh, the other day. We were watching a Marvel movie. And so, you know, in the Marvel movies, they have these heroes. And, and I have a seven-year-old, and so he's like in it. He's like, Dad, are those powers real? And I was like, no, but mine are. You know what I mean? And so, and so we're, we're, we're talking about it. And, and he's like in it. And, and we love it after we're done. We're talking about like what superpowers we would have. And, and we're like, if you could pick three superheroes, you know. And so I'm, I'm always like picking like the three strongest. That way I have no weaknesses. And so we're talking and we're laughing. And, and, and it's amazing how our mouth is that of superhero-like qualities because in our mouth is the power of life and death in our mouth come on many relationships have been broken because of our mouth many jobs come on there was a song I remember my parents playing it take this job and you know <laughs> but it's amazing how our mouth I don't know if your mouth has ever gotten you into any trouble. Okay, I'm probably talking to the good people. You know, you grew up and you were the teacher's favorite. But my mouth at times have got, has gotten me into, let's just say, um, trouble. And uh, I think as James is working through this, he's trying to let the believers know that, hey, with your mouth, it can be light or it can be heavy. Hey, with your mouth, you can be attacking or you can be soothing. Hey, with your mouth, you can be hurting or you can bring healing with your mouth. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 10 and 11 says, He who loves life and wants to see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. Psalms 19 verse 14 says, And may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord my rock, my redeemer. As we begin to talk today, I want to talk about believers, what we do is it's different than the world. And it, it starts and ends all in our heart. As believers, we speak life. We speak life. Let's play a little descriptive game. Okay, I'm going to describe something. You tell me what it is, okay? It's bready. It has red sauce. It's cheesy. It's flat. It's hot. It has toppings. It goes in the oven. It is? Pizza. Come on. Y'all didn't wait. You killed first service, okay? <laughs> so give yourself a hand. Good job. You know... For those of you who nothing is competitive, you're like, mm hmm. For those of you, everything is competitive, you're like, yeah. Um, okay, next thing. It's fire, it's a relentless evil, it's deadly poison, it's soft, it's small, and it's in your mouth. That's how the Bible describes it. I don't know about you, but that's how the Bible describes your tongue. Okay? Now, 
Your wife or girlfriend may have described that differently, but the Bible describes it deadly, harmful, evil. And so we as believers have to make sure that we are not so spiritually minded that we think that because we are in church that the concepts of God are actually being applied and we are living differently. We are living differently. The truth is words matter. And they frame up how we view ourselves and how others view themselves. James, right out the gate, starts to talk about my brethren, my people, hey, family. And so it's very interesting. So uh, many times at church, we will do different types of series. And there will be series that we'll do that will be more evangelistic in nature. And we'll want you, in fact, in August, we're going to bring in uh, three guest speakers and and all who have overcome something, uh, drugs, alcohol, um, um, uh, cancer. Uh, Thank you. I'm glad you said the front row. Uh, And and so anyway, and so this is more evangelistic. We want to bring broken, hurting people who have been hit by life and are not sure how how they process God and his intervention or lack thereof in their life. And we want them to hear testimony because the Bible says we overcome, come on, by the word of our testimony. And so sometimes people just need a little bit of encouragement and know, hey, even though I'm in a dark day, I got to know someone who came out. You know what I'm saying? And so in August, we're going to do that. But today, we are talking more to believers. And so James writes and he says, my brethren, hey... Hey, y'all, my people, let's talk. Let's talk about how we speak life. He gives warnings to those who independently have taken the role of teacher. And I, and I find it amazing. Right when he starts out of the gate, he starts, slow down. There is no fast track. Just because you like to talk doesn't mean you're ready. Be careful. The Bible teaches us that there is greater inspection on teachers than those that, are, that, that don't. And so as we talk about this, I understand that I'm going to be judged harder than you. And there's some of you who teach in our life groups and you facilitate or you, you lead a Bible study. You need to know something. A lot of of ministers preach better than they live. That's why a lot of people look at church and they're like, eh. Because you, and here's what I just need to let everybody know here at this house. Just because... I'm gifted to communicate it does not mean I'm gifted to live it. And I've got to work it out with you just like you're working it out with me. So don't put me on a pedestal. Don't put our family on a pedestal because as soon as you think, oh, they're sober, my kid is going to trip your kid and then it's going to be on and you're going to be like, oh, I thought you guys were a Christian. I'm a sinner. I'm jacked. i got to pass. Don't mess with me. Don't push me too much. I will push you back in Jesus' name. You hear what I'm saying? Because here's the reality is that we all have to be reminded of how to live this. We all have to be reminded. Every one of our worship leaders up here, oh, they look so cute. They're just singing and, and I like, man, oh, I just saw God all on them. Yeah, but wait. Because your gift will make room for you, but your character will keep you. And all of us have to develop character. All of us. 
Listen, James begins to start talking and he's saying, hey, hey, listen, we know that there's a vacuum and we know we need more teachers, but be very careful about the opinions you give and the things you start talking about and how you just begin to rattle off your opinion. Oh, let me give you my opinion. Can I tell you this? This church was not started because we were offended at our pastor and we wanted to, in Jesus' name, take, you know, <laughs> you know. This church wasn't started because I was mad at him. We were 20 years serving. That means 20 years submitted. That means he made the call. And there were, I had, I mean, I, my, I, my whole life I've had great ideas. You understand what I'm saying? But he was like, no, not yet. Wait, we're not spending that. No, you can't. Stop. Shelf it. Well, well fine. If you don't want to win the city, don't. You know what I mean? <laughs> this, what, this, this wasn't birthed out of brokenness. Too many young leaders, too many people with a calling. I'm not denying the calling, but what I'm telling you is you don't ever take the chair, you're given it. Someone's got to call out the gift in you. And we got a lot of people, well, fine, if, you don't, if you're not going to let me sing the solo, I'll just go start my church. <laughs> that ain't that easy, baby. Go start it. <laughs> listen, listen. As we begin this, We've got to make sure that right off the gate, he begins to talk to leaders. In other words, when we both die and go to heaven, you're going to be on the fast track, and I'm not going to be a while. Why? Because there's been a lot of things I've said. Some of them have been really, really good. Some have been really, really bad. And, 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 and when, when we have somebody here at the pulpit, and they're ministering, you need to know that we don't let just anybody come up here. Oh, well, you know, I got a cousin. He bring a really good word. <laughs> People who minister here, we know them. And let me just tell you, like my pastor told me, I remember, because I came from a very charismatic background, which I'm not against that, so don't, I'm not saying the next thing as, like, that was bad. I, I, I did, and I believe it, and I, I think it's great. But I remember coming in and talking to my pastor one time, and we had just had this uh, youth event, and this was, I was... 20. And uh, man, we had people were saved. We had young people. It was great. The power of God. Man, it was awesome. And uh, I came in the next day and <laughs> next revivalist, you know, little peacocking, you know, got my strut. I was a pastor. Did you hear about last night? He said, no, but I heard the light, the doors were not locked. The air conditioning was left on. And, you know, some kids, youth leaders left, and there were one or two kids left here by themselves. <laughs> but did you hear how many people got saved? You know, and he, every time we had a movement of God or something like that in our church, he would always be like, do your kids like you? Do your wife like you? Do the people in the community like you? Can you pay your bills? I was like, that's so trivial. <laughs> he was like, listen. There's a lot of Christians who will seek an experience, but they can't live life. You hear what I'm saying? Experiencers are not bad. They're great. But at the end of the day, James is writing this book because he wants to make sure that we are people who bear fruit. That's what separates us from everybody else. Listen, as we begin this, I want to walk through, there's a truth about our tongue. And there are three concepts that I want to pull out real quick. I'm going to move through this. 
the, the thing that James tells us is he says that our tongue is very small but powerful. Very sm small but powerful. I mean, you think about how something so small and so soft and kind of slimy and gushy, and, but, but yet can, can wreck so much havoc or bring so much healing. The Bible says that life and death is in the power of the tongue. Our mouth reveals our commitment to our faith. We live in a culture of insults. Everybody's got to put somebody down. Everybody's got to talk. Come on, I remember, not, uh, it was like three weeks ago, I was watching this little video on Facebook of this little girl who was singing, and she was singing, well, you know, I mean, it's it cute. There was like 1,629 comments, and like, there were some terrible comments, like, how dare you let your daughter be on public with that voice? Right now, I'm scraping my ears out with like, you know what I'm saying, scissors. Like, this terrible, I mean, it was like toxic. And I, I was just Y'all some sick people. <laughs> but it's like, w we love to tear down people. Well, you know, that life group, well, that church, well, that, and we just vomit all the time. Like, who wants to be in a life group where everybody, you know, we're all good and we're all minding our manners while it's going, but then afterwards, let's really talk. <laughs> You're toxic. The Bible says that there is one who is the accuser of the brethren, and that was the devil. That was the enemy. And so when I tell you that when you, well, and people say all the time, well, you know, see, I'm just trying to keep it real. That's how I was raised. If you don't like it, people don't like truth. No, no. People don't like vindictiveness. People don't like when people are vindictive. And listen, at this church, you can always challenge the process, but don't, but don't challenge. Here we are. We're over here. Youth group went 20 minutes late and has for five weeks. Go get with Devin and say, hey, Dev, what's up? Can the Holy Spirit fall like in between the time? <laughs> we challenge our process, but don't start challenging all of our leaders like, well, y'all have got some serious character. You're just, all y'all's church is liars because you went 20 minutes over and you said, come on. But we do that with everybody. We do that with our, our parents. We do it with our spouses. We do it with all. And here's the thing. This chapter is not written to heathen. It's written to Christians. Come on, we got to watch our mouth. We got to watch comments. It's very small, but it's very, very powerful. The second one is, it has a huge effect on our relationships. Our mouth, come on, how many relationships have been burned by the tongue? Come on, I hear people all the time about a business deal that a partner did or something, or, or someone that was promised something by an employer, and they never came through, and all of a sudden, all of the words and everything that was spoken burned relationships. If we're not careful, we'll burn the same thing. We have to watch what we're saying over ourselves. Parents, we got to watch what we're saying over our kids. We got to watch what we're saying over our mate. We got to watch. And listen, I'll, right now, I'll, I mean, hopefully nobody's mad. So you're like, yeah, this is good stuff. And, and, and it's amazing when we're good, we're like, yes. You know, the other day, man, I had a moment with my son. He came in. He's starting to play football. He's never played before. So he thought, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be a quarterback. And I was like, eh, eh, eh. I 
trying to discourage you, but this is your first time playing. You don't know any offense. You know, I mean, you're going to have to learn something. You might have to work in it. I'm just saying, yeah. And so I didn't say anything. Well, coach comes and puts him on the line, and he's like, Dad, distraught. You know, and, and in this moment, I'm not busy, and I'm talking, and I'm ministering to him, and I'm talking about, you know, trying in God, and I'm pulling out verses and people, and I get done, and he's like, thanks, Dad. He gives me a hug, and I'm like, yeah, the best father in the world. I go to bed that night. I'm like, yeah, feeling good. The next day we start weed eating. <laughs> that father didn't show up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> what are you doing with the grass? You're cutting up. That's a shrub. That's a tr- oh. <laughs> My wife's like, he's learning. He's killing everything. <laughs> I'm telling you, this, this, is, this is hard for all of us to watch our mouth and watch what we say and and how we say it, it, your tongue creates life and death. What are you speaking over your marriage? What are you speaking over your, your, your extended family? What are you, well, you, well, you, well, we all know them. No, 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 we all know the word. And we know the word. And at any moment, there were countless miracles in this gospel where people would never, were never going to change, and they did. They changed. There was a miracle. It was a moment. And let me tell you, we do not deny facts but we just don't assess the same way. Yeah, this is what's going on. It's really bad and it's really hard, but I'm going to speak the word over the situation because my mouth, the Bible says, controls life. And I'm going to speak differently than how I feel. Come on. The third thing is this. It tells us that the tongue can be out of control. Out of control. We can never be on autopilot. It talks about taming. and I don't know if you've ever done this you watch like videos where like a circus trainer you know um is like doing something with one of the the animals and and so i i just remember not too long ago watching this video of this circus trainer putting his head in the lion's mouth okay and then the lion snapped or something happened and and everybody's shocked oh my gosh the lion bit the guy and i'm like i ain't shocked Okay, you put your head in a lion's mouth and you're like so shocked or like, you know, people at SeaWorld's like, I can't believe Shambu would do that. It's a whale. <laughs> I'm not surprised, okay? You know what I'm saying? And, and so I had a hard time with this verse when I was younger in my faith because it was so discouraging. I was like, no one can tame the tongue. And I'm like... Well, fine. If it's going to mess up all the time, just will. You know what I mean? Just... But the reality was, in all of those videos that I watched about taming, the reason everybody was shocked is because they had gone through the lesson, the teaching, the training, and it was uncharacteristic now for the animal to respond in a different way. Here's what James is saying. No matter how much you work on your tongue, You cannot train it. You have to manage it. Like, you can't go through verbal calisthenics to have your tongue better. You don't go to a speech pathologist who has the Holy Ghost (laughs) to help you 
work on your tongue a little better. The reality is this. As soon as you start working on it, the fire is out of control. It's constant. You have to always be thinking about your mouth. You know what? How many relationships have been burned? You know, it's, it's amazing because I see so many times, and, and all of us are the same, really. We want to win. We want to win the argument. But sometimes we win the argument and we forget that while we're winning the argument, words and things are said that are burning down the village that we've worked so hard to build. Come on, my question for you is when you're in the moment, you're in the moment with your kids, you're in the moment, come on, and you're talking, don't burn down what you've built to win the argument. Come on, you don't get to say everything you feel. When my kids, my kids, I have a seven-year-old, and it's amazing, you know, now that I can see the huge difference between a 12 and a seven-year-old, but when my seven-year-old is in public and he'll say something that he shouldn't, you know what I mean? Like something about the body, flatulence, something just like out loud, very loud that embarrasses my older 12-year-old son, and my son will go, I can't, Shade, shut up. Because my son now knows what's immature. You know what I'm saying? And so here's the thing. As believers, just because you come to church faithfully does not mean that you're maturing. Are we still having Facebook rants? Well, that's really legalistic, Stephen. No, no, it's called maturity. I know I can, but I save my influence so that I can impart something to someone who's struggling rather than discredit myself. Come on. Does that make sense? I know I can go off. I know I can fly off. I know I can yell at my kid. I know I can do. I know I can snap. I know I can, because I'm grown. Ain't nobody tell me what I can and can't do. I'm grown. But the reality is, I know you're grown, but are you maturing? Because if we continue to fly off, come on. If we continue to say whatever we want to say and make other people deal with it, then here's what happens is we can look over our life and there have been relationships that have been broken because of our mouth. There are kids that have moved away from their parents and won't ever come back. Let's just be real. For us, James was trying to get the church to see You cannot just say anything. There's there's a price to this. And the price is the influence and the calling of God. Because everybody sitting here, regardless if you're aware of it or not, there is a calling on your life. There is anointing on your life. There is something for you to do in this world right now. And and the next thing he, he, he moves us to is he talks about, number two, living wisely. Living wisely. And I love how he transitions from the mouth to living wise. We all want to make great choices. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let's read this right here. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by his good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your heart, do not boast and lie against the truth. 
The wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every little thing are there. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, peaceable, gentle. Listen to this. Willing to yield. Let's just stay there for a second. Willing to yield. Full of mercy. Good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy. Can we just talk a little bit? Because here James is talking about two different types of wisdom. So when, in the first century, when this letter was sent out, what they would do is they would read it publicly from, for everyone. So there would be this huge crowd and, everyone, and, and one leader would begin to read this. And so when James says, who is wise among you? They, I would think that they would... There is a difference between wisdom and knowledge. Knowledge is being aware of something. It's having the information. But wisdom is the ability to discern, judge, and apply the truth. I've known way... I've, I, I got a few friends that when they talk, I need a thesaurus. You know what I'm saying? They've gone to school. They've done. They got the PhD. And, and, and they talk. And I'm like... <laughs> you know, I'm with my like one-syllable words. <laughs> and they're like, it's cute. I'm, Can this, that... <laughs> But the reality, it's amazing how many highly intellectual people I meet that know the Bible back and forth. Come on, you know them. That excel mentally, but they have no fruit. They want to argue the Bible, but the Bible's not evident in their life. And here's what the Bible, here's what James is saying. There's a difference between worldly wisdom and godly wisdom. And as believers, we've got to know the difference. Godly wisdom has a moral compass to it. It's a sense of reality. It's more than just good conduct. It's meekness. What is meekness? Meekness is not weakness. Meekness is controlled strength. In other words, you have the capacity to, but you don't. That's meekness. I could do this. You know, there may be a black belt in the room. You know, you could go off on someone, roundhouse, but you don't. Meekness. The Bible says that godly wisdom is above. And here's the deal. It's rooted in surrender. It's rooted in surrender. Worldly wisdom. James mentions this twice. Bitter envy and self-seeking. Now, I would think that as he's writing the letter, and you know, I don't know if you write much, but I, I write every now and then, and so I'm like always looking over my words, and how can I say less and more, and really trying to work it out. For James to say this twice. Self-seeking and envy. It's amazing when he says that, that he says that this type of thinking is demonic. Demonic. Now, I know when we start talking about demonic stuff, everyone's like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, pull, my, pull me back from the table a little bit. <laughs> I, don't, I don't really want to talk about any demons, you know? But the reality is this. Why would James talk about that? Because here's the deal. In, in the enemy, in Satan... 
Let's talk about this. Those were the two things that got the enemy kicked out of heaven. So here is Lucifer, the angel of light, beautiful voice over the, over the, the host, singing worship, incredible leadership, and the two things that he had was envy, I want God's job, self-seeking, I'm not high enough. And God had to give him the boot, come on. But in that, he talked one-third of the angels out of heaven. How manipulative do you need to be to take angels who had been in the presence of God and think that they could go against him? See, some of you are believing lies about your mate. You're believing lies, come on, about your kids. You're believing lies about your parents. But you don't know that the enemy is in your ear trying to deceive you just like he tried to deceive. Come on. You hear what I'm saying? Why is it demonic? Because here's the deal. Out of the heart, the mouth will speak. That's what the Bible says. How the condition of this is always communicates how this is. So if you're self-seeking and you walk in envy, that means what you have is never enough. Come on. And someone is always at fault for you not being, come on, where you need to be. I would be happy if you would. I'm fine. I, I only argue with you. I mean, you're the only one I do this with. Translation, we are the only ones close enough that I feel okay vomiting on. Yeah, come, on. come on, you hear what I'm saying? When envy and self-seeking is in our heart, then what comes out of our mouth is we fight everyone trying to get in our way from being where we think we can be happy. If I get this house, if I get this job, if I get this car, if I get this husband, if I get this wife, if I have good kids, all of y'all need to get out of my way and be nice to me because I'm going somewhere. And if you don't, I'm a verbal slayer. And so we pick fights with everybody because in our heart is us. But God says, that's demonic. That's how the enemy thinks. But if you want to think different, here's how to think different. Here's how to think different. Look at this. Look at this. But wisdom from above is first pure, peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy. Come on. Are you full of criticism? Are you full of mercy? Good fruits. Well, it doesn't really matter. That's not what James says. James says that there should be good things produced from your life and it should, you should have good fruits. Does that make sense? See, I love how James does this because here's what he does. He starts with the mouth where nobody can avoid and he moves to get to the heart of the matter. And the heart is you are communicating out of what's going on in here. The last thing is this, and we'll move on, and we'll finish. The third point is he talks about keeping peace. Keeping peace. Make peace. And I love this. I want to read this. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. 
Matthew chapter 5, verse 19 says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Now here's, here's the real. And here's the raw. There's an equation that James just spelled out for us. And the equation is this. Heart plus mouth equal peace or conflict. If there's only conflict in your home, it's a heart and mouth issue. If there's peace in your home, it's a heart issue. Well, how do I know when my, I can't really judge anybody? No, but you can judge the temperature of your home. And are we having a bunch of conflict or is there a bunch of peace? And if so, somebody, we got to work on our heart and we got to work on our mouth because out of this flows everything. Come on, does that make sense? As we're here, why do we label this keeping it real? Because here's the thing, is that James is writing the believers and he's saying, hey guys, guys, be careful. Be careful. You are created to bear much fruit. But if you don't take care of this and you spew anything that you want, your calling cannot override your conflict. Your calling cannot override your conflict. It'll stop it. Every time a seed's planted, it'll stop it. And here's what I'm saying. In just a second, we're going to have everybody stand up, and, and we have altars in the front and the back. And I know it's still, some of you have been with us for a while, and you're still like, I don't know if I want to walk up to the altar. But here is my prayer for you is that this would not be a church for you that you can just coast. But they're always taking steps toward intimacy with God. Because at the end of all of it, you need to know Him. And so in the back, in the front, you'll see people come up, and we come up as roommates, boyfriend, girlfriend, college students, roommates, friends, and we pray. And here's what I would do. If your mouth and your tongue has been a little off lately, here's what the Bible says. Submit it. Will you yield? Will you yield? Will you yield that? Come on, I've been a little toxic lately. I've been a little moody. I've been stressed. I've been tired. Whatever condition got you to that place, there have been things coming out of your mouth that you don't really believe, that you don't want to have happen. Come on. You don't want her to leave. You don't want him to leave. You don't want your kids to... You, you know what I'm saying. Come on, we all... Am I talking to anybody? And can we go down together? And can we just repent? Can we get it right? And can we leave here keeping it real, keeping it fresh, keeping it authentic, and keeping it fruitful? Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message ministered to you. Feel free to let us know on the Connect tab of the House Church app. We hope you have a great week.